hello and welcome to John Park's workshop. It's me, John Park, and here we are again in my workshop, ready to look at some cool projects and check out some interesting things that are happening in the maker world, the Adafruit maker world, uh, my workshop maker world. So uh, as you might know, we've got Halloween coming up. So I've got a little bit of a Halloween appropriate project for us to look at today. And before I get to that, however, I'll have some announcements. I've got a Make Code Minute. I've got a arcade game pick of the week, a product of the week, a JP's pick of the week to show you. What else? I think that's about it. And I'll also mention that we've got the chat happening over in Discord. So if you ever see me look off to the side and read a thing, that's probably what I'm doing. We'll also keep an eye over on the YouTube chat, but the one that I tend to check out is on Discord. I'm gonna put my glasses and say, hey, that IoT guy and Fex back are over on YouTube, welcome. And when I say Discord, I'll pop this up because that's what the Discord chat looks like. If you wanna check that out, head over to adafru.it slash Discord. You'll get a invite, an instant invite that you can use to join the server. And you'll notice when you load it up in Discord, I don't have this showing on my screen right now. You'll notice off to the side, however, there are a bunch of different channels that we have. So there's a live broadcast chat. That's where we are right now. But there's other general topic channels like pet photos and off topic. And then we have help with, help with CircuitPython, Arduino, 3D printing, audio, radio, Raspberry Pi, wearables, robotics, projects, help with Git. I need help with Git. And a few other generalized topics, uh, some event channel. So a lot of great places for you to go and chat. It's a, as someone once described it, a 24-7 maker space that is family friendly, friendly enough for anyone. It's well moderated and uh, we hope that you come and enjoy hanging out in our little chat. And I'll say hi. Uh, thank you, C. Grover, who's checking out my audio level. Said I've got good uh, audio on the voice, peaking at negative 6 dB. That's great. And hello, Andy Calloway. Hey, Mark Gambler. Who else is there? Well, uh, hey, Jim Hendrickson, nice to see you. So come on over and hang out in the chat, I say. Uh, let's see, the next thing I wanted to do is give a little plug to our upcoming AdaBox. I believe there's still time to subscribe. So that's our AdaBox right there. You can uh, head over to adabox.com or uh, adafruit.com slash adabox. That'll get you there too. And you can just Google it. You'll, you'll find your way. Uh, this will tell you all about Adabox. It's $60 with free shipping. You can get one or you can give one. Those are some options. And uh, this one has started shipping already. I believe there are still spaces. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but if you haven't gotten in on that, let's, let's click on Get Adabox, see what happens. Does that say we can still subscribe? Uh, it says Get Started. Sometimes if you've missed the cutoff, it will allow you to subscribe for the next one. And I know there are some people who, who just get them repeatedly and never leave. So there's only 4,000 spaces, I believe, and we're down to very few if we have any. So if you want to get this one, uh, check it out. It says, oh yeah, up here at the top, uh, we have subscriptions still open, but, but it's pretty limited. So jump on in. What you'll find is that the Adabox tends to be a really good deal. If you like the things that you see in there and there are things that you would order anyway, you're going to get a better deal ordering them through the Adabox, especially because that free shipping, than you would ordering those parts separately later. Sometimes there's exclusives in there as well. Uh, so go check it out. We're going to be doing an unboxing on the 28th of October. So right before Halloween, uh, we'll be 
jumping in and I'll be spending the evening here with you. It'll be on a Wednesday evening, the 28th, which is normally the Ask an Engineer showtime, and I will instead do an unboxing. So you can come on and check that out. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? I'll mention we've got our Help Wanted board. So if you head to jobs.adafruit.com, I'll uh, switch back to that view there for a second. If you look at jobs.adafruit.com, this is a free job board. You can go here and post a position if you're looking to hire someone or bring someone on for a contract position, freelance something. Uh, as well as full-time jobs, all sorts of uh, variety there. It's totally free to post. It's totally free to post your resume if you're looking to just put your skill set out there. Uh, here's, here's one I hadn't seen on here. A museum tech supervisor at Micro in New York. That sounds cool. It's a full-time position. Uh, so go, go check that out if you're looking for work or if you're looking to hire someone. Uh, all right. Let's see. What else? Uh, I think you may know that I have a product of the week show that happens on Tuesdays. It's called JP's Product Pick of the Week. And my product pick this week was the adorable Cutie Pie. Uh, I have a couple of them right here. In fact, here is the Cutie Pie. So uh, this past Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern time, I showed the Cutie Pie, gave you a little bit of uh, background and details on it, and then did a couple of demos with it. One of them that I was really excited about was this little capacitive touch MIDI bug thing to play some spooky music on a little sequencer uh, sampler that I have. And I embedded a little magnet there so I could stick that to things. So now we can just put that bug wherever we want. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll show you a little one minute recap of the product pick of the week from this past week. So past JP, take it away. Cutie Pie. It's about the size of my fingertip. These things are tiny. It's a trinket-sized board, but even smaller. I love having USB-C on there. The other thing is having that Stemma QT connector on there. It will read the capacitive touch of all of these pads that I've pushed those wires through. I've also got a Stemma QT cable plugged into there so that I can use our little light sensor that we looked at last week. I'm able to use USB MIDI. So that's this little cutie pie. I absolutely adore it. Don't you feel like sometimes when these things get so cute and small, you just want to eat them? I did not end up eating it, in case there was any question. Still have it. Didn't eat it. This won't be a bad one to eat because it's like fish hooks using that stovepipe wire. Uh, it's funny too, one of the things I've noticed about the cutie pie is that I've been really reluctant to solder anything to it because I like having it so small and nothing permanent attached to it. So even with this little demo, I showed a, a little NeoPixel ring demo. Although those wires are soldered to the NeoPixel ring, I just have them hooked through the little contacts on my cutie pie so that I didn't have to permanently attach that. Uh, it's a $6 board, so probably I can get over it and get a handful of them and start soldering. All right, let's get a little setup going here. 
So what I wanted to show on the Make Code Minute today, in fact, I'm going to go to a full view of this. I have a little micro bit here, and this is partly in uh, anticipation of the micro bit version 2, which has been announced coming. So I want to, to play around with a micro bit V1 original uh, project here. And what I wanted to show is that I just discovered there's a really neat feature of the display, this little LED display that's on here, uh, five by five display. You can use what they call grayscale mode, so levels of brightness instead of just on or off. So here's a simple example. If I tap this button on the right, you'll see each time I tap it, it's going to brighten that LED up. I'm just using like five levels of brightness on here. Uh, when I press play capability that I only recently discovered, and what I wanted to do is show you how that works inside of MakeCode. So this is the makecode.microbit.org site, and on here you'll see I've got a initial block in on start that says set the display mode to grayscale instead of the default of black and white. Once that's set, you have some choices in the LED categories under more for setting the overall brightness of the, of the display. That'll just change everything. Or you can plot the brightness of individual LEDs. So that's what I'm doing in the rest of the sketch here. When I press my B button, what I do is I clear the screen and then I plot a point at 2, 2 on X and Y to a, an LED brightness value. And then I'm just iterating through, uh, adding 50 to that each time and then looping it back over when it goes over 250 with this little uh, division here. The more complicated one here is uh, doing a few different loops. I've made a function that has a few different styles of sort of looping through some variables so that we can sweep across sideways and diagonally and all that fun stuff. Uh, but I think that's a really neat feature of the current V1 of the micro bit. Uh, right inside of make code, we can address those LEDs with different brightnesses. And that is your make code minute. Aha, thank you for the audio alert. I just came back with no audio on. Uh, thank you. I'm going to guess that was C. Grover watching out for me. Thanks. Uh, I was just, just commenting about this cute case here. This is uh, made by KittenBot, and it just wraps around. It's silicone. It wraps around uh, a micro bit nicely. And I was saying one of the nice things I've seen about features for the upcoming micro bit V2 is that it has uh, little notches in each of these alligator clip-friendly pads on the edge connector there. It'll still work with the same stuff. They haven't changed pinouts or anything. Uh, is that a... No, I guess my audio is working now, but my audio alert thing is just trying to catch up. Um, and this will... The new version has little notches so that alligator clips will stick to it better, which is nice. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully my audio is all worked out. Let's see. Uh, how about now? I'm going to check in with the uh, Discord chat there. How about now, everyone? Do we hear me? Very good. Good. It's good. Whew. All right. Thank you. And thanks to C. Grover. I think that was you hitting my, my uh, alert. Uh, so next thing I wanted to do was 
have a little look at an arcade game pick of the week. And my arcade game pick of the week this week, let me get it set up, is from the arcade forum, forum.makecode.com. And if we have a look over here, this is from Game God. It is called Pix Artist. So it's just a small pixel art project. A to draw, arrow to move the pen, B to change the opacity and the shade. So this is using a grayscale uh, palette, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to launch the simulator here. I wish I'd put this on a, on a device. I didn't, I didn't think of that until just now. So this would be a cool one to put onto something like a Pi Gamer. It would be really cool to see it on there. So here it is. If I uh, take a look at the way this works, I'm going to move just using the D-pad. I'm using the arrow keys on my keyboard. It'll move this little cursor around. If we press the A button, it will leave behind some pixels. Head over here. And while you're moving, when you don't press that, it won't. Uh, let's make some sort of suspicious looking little guy there. And the cool thing about the grayscale palette is that we can head down to the uh, B button and that's gonna toggle between 16 shades of gray. So I can go down to some sort of grayscale here. Uh, it'd be fun to also change the pixel brush size uh, and, and other features, but it's pretty neat. It's sort of adding in the capabilities that we have inside of the editor, which if you go and uh, hit edit code and head over to the block editor, you'll see normally we can put sprites in and just use the existing sprites, but this has this added benefit of using these fill pixel with color blocks in order to make its own art program, which is really cool. So I encourage you to go check that out, play around with it. You might just have fun making some pixel art. That is my arcade game pick of the week. It is Pix Artist with two X's, and that's by Game God. Really nicely done. All right, uh, let's see what is next. I think one uh, little gear report idea I had, I wanted to show this. It was something I found uh, when I was poking around on my tool wall, grabbing some supplies. Uh, let's head on over. I'm gonna move some cameras around here for a second. You can see I've got a bunch of junk on the bench here. Um, and something I was looking, I was looking for some of my cutting tools and I found these. These are some kind of snips. I'm going to move my, zoom in my camera a bit. Some kind of snips here that I've had for a while. I can't remember when I got these, probably at an estate sale or maybe there's some that my friend Doug sent me. Uh, they only, the only marking on them is it just says France, sort of marked on there. So that's your, your clue looking for them. Uh, I looked them up. I looked up curved France shears or something like that. And what I ended up finding was these are considered to be jeweler's shears or jeweler's snips uh, for cutting thin metals, tin, things like that. And I'm really curious if anyone knows much about them. For one thing, it's a weird method of cutting. It doesn't have a return spring that pushes it back out. So you're kind of responsible for having a funny little stance there while you're working with them. Um, I've seen some online that do have a small return, like a return spring here. I think I've seen uh, some of them with a little leather strap for keeping it closed. So normally they want to stay open if they have the spring there. 
But this one doesn't, and I don't think it's anything that fell off. There's no indication that anything ever was different about these. So uh, maybe you're going to use them two-handed, but it seems like you might want to hold a material and use them one-handed. So I'm curious if anyone has ever used these, if anyone's got experience with these uh, interesting little shears. The, the curvature probably makes them really good for cutting uh, curved shapes. Uh, I don't know if you'd flip that for curving that way versus that way. But anyway, that's my gear report. That is the uh, funky little jeweler's shears. Uh, by the way, I'm also noticing if you're looking at the, the bench cam or the workshop cam view of me, autofocus on this camera is being, being fooled by the skull back here, which uh, is kind of funny. And that actually brings us to our project of the week. So let me step back over here and intro this project. I'll also pop into the chat. This camera's not as fooled just because I'm so much closer. I'm going to pop into the, the Discord chat here and see if anyone's got any ideas about uh, those shears. I'll check, I'll check over on YouTube as well. Um, let's see. No? No one, no one mentioning it. Okay, well, very interesting. Uh, let, let me know what you know about that. I have some jeweler friends I can ask and some other uh, metalworking friends, but kind of a cool one, and I'm going to try that out on some, some thin metal uh, to see, see how those work out. Find out if they're sharp or not, and then uh, if not, figure out how to get them sharpened. All right. Uh, let's see. The oh boy, we're we're getting a little pop up on YouTube saying that it's not getting a smooth stream. Why not, YouTube? Someone tell me if that's having issues. It looks okay to me. Um, all right. So let's get to our project build of the week. So the project build of the week. You saw me uh, pointing at it back there. There's that skull. So what does that skull have to do with anything? Well, let me grab a battery. I'm going to grab a USB battery to power this up. Uh, here's a, oh, actually, I've got a little plug I can use there. Pull this skull out of that little display there. Uh, so let's go ahead and fire this up. This is what I believe Lady Ada called the Windows Skull Friend or Skull Buddy. I think I'm going to call it the Skull Buddy. Okay, I will grab a battery about. Uh, this one will work. So this is a matrix portal. And so I'm going to use a USB uh, B to USB C cable here and plug into this. There we go. Phone uh, battery charger. Plug that in. Okay, and so what happens here? You're going to see I've got a little uh, jaw animation going with a servo. And I've got the eyes there. These are based on Phil B's skull eyes for his spooky eyes project. So they're going to do some nice little blinking and uh, lids sticking, moving appropriately with the eyes, eyes looking around a bit. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about scaling up those graphics. I used some, some graphics they had made and then did some adjustments to them. Uh, as well as running this little servo, and I'll show you the code for that. The idea behind this is that it's actually going to be in the window backlit. So uh, we saw some cool Instructables or some other uh, DIY project of making little monsters for your windows and putting some colored paper in the eye sockets and backlighting those as well. So the idea here was to, to use our cool spooky eyes, and it's nice and big, so we can stick that up in a window. And... Um, what we'll do is I, I may end up painting this black or cutting out another another piece of paper on top. This is just some corrugated cardboard that I'm using there. 
And uh, if you look on the back here, let me go ahead and uh, give you a top-down view. How about zoom out a little bit and move some of my mess here. Sorry, it's in process. This one came together quick. Uh, so there's the there's the full skull. You can see he's still moving his his little uh, servo there. And if I zoom in, what you'll see is there's just a servo motor that I have adhered uh, to the back of the cardboard, poked a little hole through, and then I have a servo horn that I've taped an extra little piece of uh, cardboard to to jiggle around like a jaw. And you'll see here when I started working on this, I had put some idea of where teeth would be. So I think I'm going to go ahead and mark those and cut them out so that we get a little bit of uh, movement that you can see with that backlighting. Uh, and then if you take a look at what's going on with the... Um, matrix portal here. Let me go ahead and unplug this from power now and zoom in. Uh, so what I did to get this servo working was, you'll see here we have on the matrix portal, there are some GPIO pins. Does it want to, it does not want to focus on that. All right, we'll get, we'll get right about there. Uh, so there's a little set of GPIO pins here that give us uh, some transmit and receive, some analog pins, and then we have three volt and ground. Now we do have this three pin JST connector, so you could uh, potentially plug something into that. I just went and soldered on some header pins to this little row of, uh, of pads that we have. And these are like these little 90 degree angle header pins with 0.1 spacing, 0.1 inch spacing. So I just cut off a section of those, put them in, soldered them down, and it just happens to work out well that we have analog, three volt, and ground next to each other, which is perfect for this servo motor. Now the servo motor may, depending on how heavy of a thing you're trying to move, it may want five volts, but this turned out to work just fine with three volts, so I'm gonna leave it that way. And that does mean you could potentially use, we have some stemma to servo or stemma to regular header pin adapters, so you could plug into there potentially as well, but we have five volts available if you need to, to, to use that instead. And you can see here, I've just sort of an unceremoniously used some gaffer's tape to attach the eyeballs to the board. What I did to, to plan this out was I laid my panel on here, traced out the rough shape of the skull I want to do, and then I put some paper and lit my display so that I could trace out where my eyes were and then use that stencil to cut out from the cardboard, which the light wouldn't go through. So that's the general idea behind this guy. What I'll do now is we'll have a look over at the code behind this. And you'll see this is a pretty easy uh, setup here because it leverages the Philby Spooky Eyes project. So let's see, how about I'll head over here. Yeah, I can talk to you from there. So uh, first of all, let me jump onto the learn guide and show you the learn guide this is based on. So we'll show this uh, in that window there. Yeah, that's the one I want. So we'll go to learn.adafruit.com and sometimes I'll just head down to the new project, new uh, guides, not featured. Where's the new guides? I might have to widen this out. 
Hey, new videos. There we are. Uh, new guides. I'll hit view all here. And I'm looking for Phil's spooky eyes. There we go. Matrix portal creature eyes. So we'll click on this one. So this is the foundation of the project here. This is uh, done in CircuitPython. And Phil B has done it again, come up with a really great way to do eyes. The ready-made creatures are a lot of fun, so you can start out with those, and this allows you to get started quickly. What you'll use is a code.py file, a data.py file, which has some setup info in it, and a series of BMPs. If you look at this section on making new creatures, this will go a little bit more into the detail of the BMP files you use. These are indexed BMPs that use a color as a knockout, so these have essentially a masking data using red in the ones that I'm using, and it's green in this werewolf one. Uh, and that has often to do with what color you want to appear and not get knocked out. So the series of files, as you can see here, these are aligned on top of each other, and then by moving just lids upper, just lids lower, eyes around, and then having this masking view of the face on top and these eyeballs that move around on the bottom, you get a really nice effect. So if we take a look at my code.py file right here, Let me open that up, you'll see in my data file, I have pointed it at some new image, uh, a little new series of images called Skull Bigger. So I started with a skull that we have in the downloads, and then I scaled some things up and added uh, a little bit of detail to, to support the scale up and adjusted the knockout colors. So we have an eye image, upper lid, lower lid, and stencil image. And then we have settings for the movement. So depending on how large your graphics are, you may need to move them more or less in uh, negative, positive X, negative, positive Y. So I've adjusted those, taking into account the larger size so that I think they look nice. And then if you look at the code for this, this is essentially untouched. So all I needed to do was change that um, set of graphics and the data.py file. And this works right out, of the, right out of the gate, other than telling it to point at a new, uh, newly named data file. So it's going to go and grab from this other directory that I've put right onto the matrix portal, which acts like a circuit Python drive, uh, acts as a USB drive. And then you'll also see I've added my Pulse I.O. and Time and Adafruit Motor Library Servo. And that's what's allowing me to move this servo motor around. So I've set that up with a PWM, pulse width modulation. That's the type of signal we're using to tell the servo where to go. And I've set that up on the pin analog A4. And then I created the servo object, called it jaw, dot, or jaw underscore servo, rather. And then all I'm doing to move it is down in the blink loop, Whenever we have blinking occurring, right after the blink, I'm, let's see, where did I put it? Where'd you go? Jawwag, there it is. So I have a function that I created called jawwag, and I just call it after this blink state changes. Let's go up to that function I forgot to show you. Where are you, jawwag? There it is. So this is the jawwag, and this is just running from a 90 degree angle to 70 with little two degree steps and back, and then heading from 90 up to 110 
in two-step increments and back. So that's just what gives us our little jiggly jiggly on the jaw there, which I think looks nice, doesn't take up a lot of time, and it happens at a good moment when uh, I don't want the code to be blocking, I don't want to put sleep in there, but instead it just happens after those blinks, then we get a nice little movement on that. So that is the project of the week. What I'm going to be doing is putting this up in a window and shooting some backlit photos and videos of it. If it doesn't look good enough, I might end up facing that for black. And I think it's going to be a really nice display that we'll be able to put up for Halloween. So I uh, encourage you to check that out when the Learn Guide comes out, and I'll be putting out some videos on social soon. So that about wraps it up for the project. And uh, I will remind you to go and head over to the Adabox site and subscribe if you haven't already because that is shipping now. We've got boxes heading out. We're really excited to, to have this Adabox getting out there into people's hands. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I really encourage you to, to put it on your calendar that we're going to be doing the unboxing on the 28th because it's going to be a fun one. And I'm excited to show you the projects, everything in the box, and a whole lot more. So thank you so much for stopping by John Park's workshop, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.